I think one of the most powerful things about the Quran is the question. Because if you know what thinking is, thinking is basically just asking yourself a question. Like right now, anyone who's listening to my voice is saying, what is he saying? Your brain is asking you a question. What is he saying? What does he mean? And so the Quran, it always asks you these powerful questions. And the truth is, even if you're a disbeliever, even if you reject the Quran, when you hear the question, you actually know what's right and you know what's wrong. Welcome to our next episode of Quranic Transformation. Let's get into it. And we are talking about verse number 22 today. This is a very deep question, it seems. Look. Allah subhanahu is asking, who is rightly guided, the one who crawls face down or the one who walks upright on the straight path? So Allah is painting this picture and, draw, uh, and showing us this example of these two types of people, right? And I think, I don't know, the, 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 what jumps out to me is uh, how we put labels and how we view different people in this world. So... The way I would like to think about this is like, think of maybe the top five or six or 10 people that come to your mind, be realistic about yourself that you really, really admire. Okay. And then, uh, obviously depending on your situation, you will see a variety of those people. And there may be people who may be really successful in business or technology or influence and what have you. And then there may be people who may be good in, in other areas, but there may be people who are top 1% in different areas of the, uh, of their of the world, they may not be properly in terms of their relationship or in terms of their understanding of the world. And what happens, I think it bleeds in, is that we see these personalities that are top of their field, but when they talk about religion, when they talk about God, we also try to take that information. And I've seen this now happening a lot with, you know, a lot of social media culture and interviews and podcasts and whatnot. People would come in, they would start talking about you know, what they're good at. And then some the host will ask them, oh, what is your opinion about Islam or this rule of Islam? And they will just like make up stuff. So, so this is where it's coming from, though, especially when it comes to the deen and the worldview of Islam and Allah and, and religion. Who are we taking, you know, who do we feel, find as guided? Because someone guided and successful in engineering and tech and business world does not necessarily mean that they are guided uh, in, in, in the matters of the deen. That, that's what, what I see from this. Yeah, I think... Um a really good point for me when i'm looking at it um, i think it's really interesting i think one of the most powerful things about the quran is the question because if you if you know what thinking is thinking is basically just asking yourself a question like right now anyone who's listening to my voice is saying what is he saying your brain is asking you a question what is he saying what does he mean and so the quran it always asks you these powerful questions and the truth is even if you're a disbeliever, even if you reject the Quran, when you hear the question, you actually know what's right and you know what's wrong. Right? So it's very, very powerful, the questions they ask, the way it asks. And this one, it makes me think, like, what is it like when someone's crawling on the ground? Because it's actually quite graphic, isn't it? Saying, like, someone's crawling on the ground like that, and then you've got someone, like, you know, walking upright. So I think the contrast is actually very strong as well, that it's not, like, a small difference. It's not like one guy's walking and one guy's walking slow. It's like there's a marked difference 
between someone who's guided and not guided. Beautiful. I think this is really good because, you know, sometimes we have this discussion and you would mention something that I, I would think about something that I hadn't thought about before. Now I think about it like as I was picturing when you were saying about it, like someone actually crawling with their face stuck to the ground. I think they also have a very narrow view, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just like seeing, oh, oh this wall. But someone upright, they have yes. a better world vision. View. Right, they have a better vision. They're thinking long term. It's not just today and why this happened. Oh, I lost this, and this person said this to me. You have a bigger purpose and bigger vision. I think that can, that, that thinking and with having something like that can really ex, uh, excel your quality of life. Otherwise, you're so bogged down with small things of life. And my relative said this, and cousin said this, or mom said this, wife said this to to business or partners and whatever, whatever, whatever. But you don't have this bigger picture. You're not looking at the horizon. And then what you can achieve actually by being able to see everything is so much different to someone who's just like down on the floor like that. Yeah, right there, right. Beautiful. And uh, so that, let's continue on with that. I think that really goes very well with the next one in terms of having that bigger picture and that uh, bigger, that wider view. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> Beautiful. So Allah Subhanahu says, say Prophet, so tell them, remind them, ask them, who is the one who created you and made for you the hearing, the sight, and the hearts, but very little is that you are thankful for. And who is the one that spread you among the earth or throughout the earth and to him is your return there's a lot lot to unpack there so starting on i think again the question of who created me and who am i right so the point being that you know i would say oh this is my hearing this is my vision this is my heart and this whole notion of uh, i can do whatever i want that sort of that sort of mentality of free will and let me do whatever i want let me choose what i would like to do it that's whole different mindset than someone who actually understands that these things are from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i just use this business example again or, or, or the car example that if i if i give you my car i'm saying i'm traveling use my car however you like it use it if you're a good person you wouldn't be racing with it and you know getting into a an accident and so on so you'll take care of it and, or if I get, if I invest in you, if I invest in your business idea, hopefully you wouldn't just go and like run through the whole cash flow, like, and like, as if it's, it's your money, you feel accountable towards it and you feel you, you will respect it. But I think many times we just think that this is just me. It's my hands. My, I can do whatever I want. But if you realize that it's from Allah and I should properly use it, then, then that will be a different sort of mindset. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes when I read the Quran, I start thinking about the way Allah is speaking to us as well. And you know, honestly, like when I see a verse like this, to be honest, I feel like a bit of a loser because sometimes I see like Allah, Rabbul Alameen, Lord of the worlds, the one who created everything, talking to us like in such a like a soft way, yeah? like saying like, look, think about it. Like I created you. I gave you this. I... And the truth is Allah is worthy of all worship. He doesn't like, he shouldn't even have to say this stuff to us. And there's times, like, you know, when Allah's talking to Bani Israel, he's talking to them in such a nice way, yeah? Like, he's saying, like, this, this, this. And I just feel like when Allah's highlighting these things, for me, it just makes me feel like, wow, like, Allah, who is capable of anything, is, is like, 
trying to influence us and trying to tell us, look, just look at this, see this, think about this. And I'm thinking it just shows Allah's love for those that actually want to be guided that, you know, Allah is there waiting for you, ready for you. And, and pointing things out to you in such a nice, subtle way. You know, like you think about the way kings speak. So a king could just come to you and say, listen, you better do this. I'm going to chop you out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do all these bad things to you. But the way Allah's talking to us is is amazing. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think, yeah, that's just going back to the previous verses about how Allah was using the word Ar-Rahman. And this shows the mercy. And sometimes, you know, some of us are mm. still saying, well, if Allah wanted, I would have been guided. Well, he did everything for you. He gave you the information. He gave you with, with, you know, with, with, with rahmah, with mercy, with kindness, with gentleness. He also, you know, showed you the warnings. And then, so that now which is all in front of you, you have this choice and you chose to do what you, you did. All right, sorry. Okay, so going back to this, I think then that quality that Allah is pointing us, right? So that's, that's this awareness that he's the one that did it. But then, okay, what do what do we do? Like in terms of our actions, the quality that Allah is reminding us of is being thankful and being great, grateful and having that quality of gratitude. And which is the one that, you know, when, when Shaitan uh, was challenging or was arguing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he also said the same thing that you will not find them to be grateful to you, right? So that's the quality that he, that he uh, went for, right? So obviously... You know, if someone is grateful that they appreciate that what they have is from Allah, not their own creation, not their own hustle. And being grateful is to use what Allah has given you in, in ways that he wants you to use. And, and that's where this whole thing is going today, I think, is when people are saying, okay, well, arguing on the moral values, that I should be able to do whatever I want and everything should be acceptable. One of the things that they attack is they attack the notion of creator, right? And they, they go with this passive notion of, you know, some something or some nature or Big Bang or what have you. Because once you remove that, then there's no accountability, there's no guidance, and then it's just me, which kind of becomes like what Allah said, right? Have you seen the one who has taken his God as his own desires? So you, you free yourself from it, and then you do whatever you want. So that's that notion of uh, gratefulness. And lastly, if, um, what jumps out to me from verse number 24 is that he is the one who has spread you around and sent you on this earth. Do whatever you want. You have that choice and you have that freedom, but the choice has consequences. And he, he reminds us that to him is our return. So we'll be returning back to him. And that's just something that hopefully, like, you know, we all have one way or the other, right? That we have this accountability. If you're a student to your teacher, you have exam. You know, the teacher will say, like, remember, I'm going to be marking your exam, right? You can pay attention in class, come to class or not. Or if you're an investor, then you have a board of director meeting or board of director meetings to stakeholders, shareholders, what have you, employee to boss or supervisors or VPs and what have you. And that's where your accountability is like, okay, well, we trusted in you, we invested in you, we gave you this. What did you do? What was the impact? What was the result, right? What boundaries did you... So not only what you achieved, but did you even follow the values of the company, the culture of the company, and so on and so forth. And that's something to think about. Yes, we may be concerned about the meeting with the boss or the teacher or exams, but are we concerned about that meeting and that accountability in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah, I think this is, for me, like, the way I'm thinking about, like, Akhirah in this situation is that, like, imagine you were going to go somewhere, and when you get there, basically people are going to uh, be rewarded and there's going to be people that are punished. And before you get there, 
you've got a chance to speak to that king who's going to be making that decision. And you can build a relationship that's really strong or you can ignore him, right? And that's the way I look at it right now is that ultimately on that day, no one is going to matter. No one's going to have any power except Allah. So to prepare for that day, like which position do I want to be in? Do I want to have like a really, really terrible relationship with Allah where I ignored him my whole life and then when I get there on that day, the relationship's not look great? Or does it need to be that opposite where you're trying to constantly build this connection and this relationship? And Shaitan's very good at making us forget that you're going to meet Allah, right? But there's reminders all around us. There are reminders all the time that very soon I'm going to meet Allah. And just remembering that it should translate from, I know I'm going there. What does that mean for now? It's the same. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I'm on a long journey, I do a lot of driving. I did eight hours, like a couple of weeks, but just a seven hour drive, eight hour journey. While you're going, you're looking at your fuel and you're constantly checking, like, where is my fuel level? Because I need to get to that destination. I need to make sure in, in the now I have enough fuel to carry on. I have enough food. I have everything ready for that destination, you know? And I think that when it comes to the Akira, it's exactly the same. We should be thinking about, just like the process of saying, like, what have you prepared? What are we preparing? What is kind of, not only the good deeds, but what is the relationship like with me and Allah before I actually finally meet him? Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and lastly, I think it's, it's that, you know, it may look like 40 years, 60 years, like however long our lives are. But it's this small thing and small choices that add up for a big win, right? Um, you know, something that came to my mind, like, you know, when, so if today I think, okay, think about big win. So what comes to my mind today, uh, based on the last week's events, is like Islam's victory, right? So how he then won. But then as he's describing it, obviously he's thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what the people of Jannah will also do, right? Alhamdulillah, right? All, all praises to Allah who guided us to this. And had he not done that, we would not have been guided to it. But then he's also reflecting on all the choices that he has made, right? And the hard work that he did, like, you know, maybe once a meal and then the workouts and the pain and consistency, doing it every day, day in and day out. And like Habib's interview is mentioning like how hard he is with his fighters, right? And the discipline and what have you. And I think, you know, if you want a victory like that, as Allah has painted in many places in the Quran, when you know when you are given your book in the right hands and you are returning back to your family, and when we make those tough choices, uh, depending on, on the fitna or the or the uh, or the shahwad, the desires, the, the the wrong desires that we are surrounded with, remember that way, and remember like you know if, if you were to like you know to have that discipline that Allah also points out the the key of being a sabr right, and so you're planning for that as you're planning for that return. So have that suburb so that you can have this massive win. So let's wrap it up with that. We'll see you all in the next week. Assalamu alaikum.